Our scripture reading for today is, comes from the letter to the Romans in the 12th chapter. I'm going to start on verse number 3. Because of the grace that God gave me, I can say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Instead, be reasonable, since God has measured out a portion of faith to each one of you. We have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way, though there are many of us, we are one body in Christ, and individually we belong to each other. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has, given, has been given to you and to us. If your gift is prophecy, you should prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do it with no strings attached. The leader should lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. Love should be shown with, with, without pretending. Hate evil and hold on to what is good. Love each other like the members of your family. Be the best at showing honor to each other. Don't hesitate to be enthusiastic. Be on fire in the spirit as you serve the Lord. Be happy in your hope. Stand your ground when you're in trouble and devour yourself to prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your house. Bless people who harass you. Bless, don't curse them. Be happy with those who are happy and cry with those who are crying. Consider everyone as equal, and don't think that you are better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. Don't think that you are smart. Don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with evil actions, but show respect for what everyone else believes is good. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. God, continue talking to us, guide us, and God, I abandon myself to you, and use me as your instrument, that everything I'm just about to say come from you, and be for the edification of your church. In your name we pray, amen. All right, I want to invite you to go with me in your imagination, kind of jump into your uh, traveling time, all right? I want to go back to ancient Rome. So if you are a Doctor Who kind of fan, jump into your TARDIS and let us go into the back, into the future, all right? I mean the future, the past. So imagine that you, again, jump into your TARDIS and you open the door and that's ancient Rome. And you start to stroll down the streets and uh, you will hear different sounds, right? You will hear the water in the aqueducts, aqueducts going and you will hear children running around, and you will hear street vendors yelling, selling their stuff, and you will hear the clickety-clock, clickety-clock of uh, horses, right? You will smell a lot of things. You will smell a lot of incense, because there's going to be a lot of temples burning incense, and a lot of uh, maybe even barbecue, because, you know, they cut their animals, and they offer them to the gods, so there's going to smell like, you know, animal burning type thing. Uh, you will also smell blood around in the bakery, or not in the bakeries, on the, on the markets, on the meat markets, and uh, baked goods in the bakeries. Uh, that would be odd to have a, a meat in the bakery. Yeah, that would be, I would not buy there. Anyway, 
And as you keep going, you start to see that the neighborhoods are maybe not as different as you think they may be. You know, they will be like the parts where everybody is rich and the poor parts. You know, it's nothing unusual in a way. But then you start to see that uh, people actually are a bit different. You start to see that they dress differently. I mean, we all dress differently, but they really dress differently, in a mean, meaning that they show their status, they show who they wear, but what they, colors they will wear, what, what, what kind of robes they will wear. So you will see your elites, your senators, your senators, your questores, your censores, with uh, very distinct robes, distinct colors, distinct rings, distinct jewelry. You will see your commoners dress differently. You will see the slaves dress differently. And not only that, you start to see that they relate in those hard lines as well. If, the, if, if relate, that will be a hard word, right? Uh, the elites will have a show pity or show chari uh, charity, kind of a value for Romans, uh, toward the poor, toward the commoners. Uh, and men will not speak to women in public or women to men unless they were, you know, in a shady business. And again, I want to keep my sermon G-rated, so imagine. Aha. <laughs> then... Uh, if you peek into a house to see the interactions, you'll see that, or into a setting, you'll see that, again, the people with the, will mingle with their own class, with their own status, and people in the lower class will mingle with, with their own type of thing. There was very distinct, distinct thing. So along came a guy, Paul, saying that in Christ, there is no such divisions anymore. Right? That rich and poor, your status and your, your honor and your shame, rich or poor, I said that, uh, free or slave, men or women, Gentile or Jew, they're all the same in Christ. That in Christ we are new, a new society. That in Christ we are reborn. And that everything that was outside is not anymore within the, the, the confines of the church. So when imagine a Roman person, because again, this is a letter to the Romans, right? To the people in Rome. They will understand this very well. So if you hear something say, love each other as members of your family. Mm. And then be the best of showing honor to anybody. Relate with anybody, do not, do not have the same status as you. Welcome foreigners. I can only imagine the Romans were like, oh, okay, it's a little too much. All right, come on, let's get real. So imagine you have a lot of honor, your status, and you ask to be mingled and related and loved as a brother or a sister, a slave. Come on, give me a break. And then on the other side, you see a commoner, a poor person, a slave saying, I can't relate to this person as my equal, really? That's what, precisely what Paul is saying. Yes, in Christ there is no division. 
In Christ, all those things that we think that they separate us makes us one. So we're in a society that was highlighting honor in uh, titles, in uh, riches, in victories. Paul was telling, forget all that. That doesn't matter. What matters is that you are in Christ. So in many ways, what the church was doing is it was going counterculture against what was common wisdom, right? What was common norm at the time. Today is our second installment in our sermon series, Neighbors. How can we relate to our neighbors? How can we show God's love? Go outside and take it by the storm, uh, uh, our neighbors, our neighborhood. So I, I thought many, many ways that how can, how can we do this? And of course, these passages can go, you know, every, every, everywhere, if you will, many, many directions. Uh, we can talk about unity in a divided society that we live in. We talk about greed or uh, love. Uh, Elaine talked about loneliness last, last week, and I could have just gone even more uh, with that, just, just, you know, having a whole sermon series just on loneliness. My goodness, it's, it's just a, it's a whole thing that we cannot, uh, uh, seems that it is prevalent in our society. But I think, uh, or I don't think, what, what God put in my heart to share with you this, uh, this Sunday and today is uh, something that has been for a while, is nothing new, but our technology today has kind of dialed it up a little, or a lot, actually. And I think it's a, a thing to, to be aware and to be concerned about. So let me, let me, let me tell you this story and then we'll, where I'm going with this. Uh, Rachel, Rachel Leonard was a uh, free-spirited woman, young woman, who liked to travel all over the world, and who liked to travel all over the USA. And as her travels went on, uh, she started to met, meet a lot of people. And uh, she wanted to keep in touch with them. So uh, she tried to find a way how to do so. So social media came about and said, I'm going to join Facebook and many other platforms so I can keep in touch with my friends that I'm meeting. And it was all good and fine. And so when her travels and everything, she started to post pictures and say, oh, look at this, where I'm going. But then uh, she also started to look into the pages or her friends Many of them were getting married. Many of them were, uh, you know, having children, uh, buying a house. And she started to wonder, hmm, should I be start doing thinking of that? So she kind of started to be more intentional about meeting people. Uh, a man, to be precise, and she did. They met a man. She started dating. And, of course, she put it all over the social media and, you know, going hiking on a date, having dinner, you know, that kind of thing. And then soon after, they got married. And soon after, uh, they were expecting a baby. And, you know, of course, all her life was posted on social media. Uh, you know, the hikes, as I said, but also going into a restaurant, baseball games, uh, going to church. Everything was on social media. Then something started to happen inside Rachel. She realized that the marriage was not going that well. 
And soon after she had her child, uh, the, the, the couple separated. But, they, but in the middle of this turmoil and in the middle of her depression going deep into this, she kept posting things as nothing is happening. She kept posting happy things, right? The birthday party and whatever else. Finally, she got a divorce and uh, she moved back to the town where she grew up with uh, her parents. And news reached the family and friends. And all started to say, well, what happened, Rachel? You were so happy. You were like the perfect couple, the perfect family. You know, because we just saw these postings on Facebook or social media. As I said, this is not a new thing for us. Many of us through our lives are asked to have a persona, have a character, you know, wear a mask, if you will, you know, because mom and dad have certain expectations that we need to behave in a certain way and act and be in a certain way. And then school, they ask us to do and be in a certain way, and we put our mask, our school mask. And then you come to church, and we need to be in a certain way. And then we need to, you know, be a parent, and you have to behave in a certain way. And you have to be a U.S. citizen, and you have to become in a certain way. And all these masks that you put on, and suddenly ourselves got lost in the mix. But what I said about technology is that dial dials up even more because now there's one thing to pretend just, just to be, but then you can also create a whole illusion, a whole life, alternative life, uh, augmented reality, if you will, in social media. You can pretend that you are this wonderful person and you're having this wonderful life, but inside of you, you are in distress. You're lost. You're confused. You struggle. So, if we are thinking about reaching our neighbors, if we are thinking to show God's love, I think there is many people crying out to be themselves. So they can be a place where they can just be. How many times have you said it or somebody said it to you? Just be yourself. Just be yourself. And I don't know about you, but for me, it has been the hardest thing in my life just to be myself. Because when you are start to be yourself and be vulnerable, people are like, ooh, 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 no, 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 no. Ooh, no, no, that's too much. You're oversharing. Put, your, put against your mask. Put a, your mask is fine and pretty. Oh, yeah, that's better. Okay, thank you. I think that people, our neighborhood, society, longs for a place where we can be just us, where we can just be ourselves, where we can take away our avatar, where we can take away our mask, our character, our persona, and we can just be and say, Jesus, fix me. I need it. And if we're going to go outside into the community, into the neighborhood, first we need to take our masks ourselves. Maybe I, 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 I titled my sermon counterculture. I should have said, you know, avatars not welcome, you know, kind of thing. Masks, place to remove your mask, put it out of the way. 
We need to learn how to take away our mask ourselves. How can we just be us? And then when they come, the new people come. We can truly and genuinely from our hearts saying, you know, I'm so welcome you're here. And it's just, just this creepy smile. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, they're creepy. <laughs> but that we can actually say, man, I'm so happy you're here. I'm glad. Come. Enjoy. We have, we have a cake today. My goodness. We can celebrate. And yes, maybe people say, man, they are a bit weird and it's kind of chaotic. But man, when they mean something, they mean it. When they mean that they love you, they love you. It's not perfect. No, we are not perfect. It's not to be about being perfect. That's what we are running away from. It's about being authentic. What God is calling us to be. So I invite you to remove your mask, to put away your avatar, and to be who you are, who God is calling you to be. But also invite others to say, you know, in this place, it's a safe place where you can just be. Where you can be who God is calling you to be. Rest, enjoy, and let us go in this journey together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.